Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode. Yep, episode 353. Yes. 353. Hut, hut, hut. This is the symmetrical number. 353. Yes. Good stuff. Official. A lot of good stuff on this one, as per usual. A lot of fun tracks, a lot of great stuff shared with us. The usual, yet different. It's more things change, the more they stay the same. The tracks are always changing. Yeah. Because uh, we're not repeating, but uh, the formula is still pretty much there because uh, we dig it. So <laughs> let's get right into it as there is a lot of great stuff to get to. I'm going to start with uh, some new stuff that has come out, new stuff that will be coming out. My list is going to start on the 17th with Bamboo Vipers. They released Songs of Our Enemies. Sorry, Songs Our Enemies Taught Us. That EP is very cool. Big fan of Bamboo Vipers, like when we had them on the show. Uh, looking forward to playing something off of that very soon. On the 18th, Scum Rotten released I Pray for Blindness, for I Have Seen Too Much. That's a mini LP. Mutiny released self-titled Mutiny on Ska Punk International on the 20th. Stand Still released Steps Ascending, which is a single on Days. M-A-L-A released their Pills Session, which is Pills Session number 25 on Pills Records and Pandemics Records. Also on the 21st, Hi-Fi Murder Yep, they're from Utah. They're fantastic. <laughs> they released Forever Forward. Got to see them open up for the Drowns just a few weeks ago. Didn't know they were going to be releasing a new EP. So really excited to see that. And I've listened to it several times already. Is it? It's great. Well, that's that's news to me. Well, there you go. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, Forever sort of, Forward. Yeah, with their sort of a refurbished lineup. Right. So, I mean, I've only ever heard the new songs live, and they're and they're good. Hi-Fi Murder is just great live, so now right. i got to check out that EP. They were great live when I saw them a few weeks ago as well, and that EP's great. Came out on the 21st, Forever Forward. Also on the 21st, Colossal Man released Promo 24. I think that's like two or three tracks included there. Then on the 22nd, Armatura released Casablojesnio, which is their track's from 2001 to 2004, it's on Pastor Derek Pat's records. Cure, C-U-I-R, they released promo tape. He released promo tape, I should say, as it is an individual project there, but great stuff out of France. Great Split came out, and I've gone through a couple tracks already, haven't had the chance to go through it more, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Concrete Elite and Ultra Razia put out a split on Rebellion Records, Warthog Warthog Speak Records on the 22nd. On the 23rd, Morta Scold released Creation Undone. Mutt, M-U-T-T, released Dirty Deeds, which is an EP on the 23rd. Barton the Brats released Can't Think Straight, which is a 7-inch on Take the City Records. Lost Legion put out Behind the Concrete Veil on Mendeku Discog. Played something from that, I believe it was last week. Wide Shut released Seeds of Hatred on 1054 Records on the 23rd. Snot over on Little Willie Records released U2, which is a single. Reviler released Calloused to Devastation, which is a single on Upstate Records. Uh, a few more on the 23rd are Shoreline releasing Two Figure Out 
on Pure Noise Records, The Jolly Jackers releasing Feed the Cat, which is a single, Subalternos, which released a self-titled full-length on Lake Town Records, and then Creeping Tide released Doing Just Fine. I'll be playing, and that's a single. I'll be playing that either on the next episode or over on Punkadoy Worldwide next week. One of the two. Either way, next week I'll be playing on one of the shows. Faz Waltz on the 24th released Endless Beat on Spaghetti Town Records. On the 25th, Three de Bastos released Rudio, Ru, Rudi, Rudo y Demolicion, which is a live session from 2023. And then Bayway released More Than Blood, which is a single on Days. On the 1st, which is this Friday, which is also Bandcamp Friday, and I've got a huge list as it is Bandcamp Friday. So all that stuff that you've been wanting to uh, support bands, well, that day is a good day to do it. Blowfuse is releasing The Fourth Wall on Infected Records. Brutal Seegers is releasing Hios de la Destruction on Common People Records. Worst Doubt releasing Immortal Pain EP on Days. Uranium Club releasing Infants on, or sorry, Infants Under the Bulb on Static Shock Records. Call Me Malcolm will be releasing Echoes and Ghosts on Bad Time Records. Cato Street Conspiracy will be releasing Truths, Lies, and Mistakes. Uh, Damn It Records, and I just did the listening party this last week on Thursday to check all of that out. It's great, so you want to check it out. Uh, Split, I pre-ordered this one uh, on Insurgents Records in North America. That's where you'll want to do it. Uh, There's several other labels that will be doing it, but the split includes Red Bricks, The Uncouth, Onslua, and Reckless Upstarts. That's a band from Canada, a band from the U.S., a band from Germany, and a band from Ireland. All fantastic bands. I think there's three tracks from each. It's a full length. Gob Psychic will be releasing Rent Payer, which is an EP on Slovenly Records. Still Animals releasing self-titled Still Animals on Slovenly Records. Hammock, H-A-M-M-O-K, will be releasing Look How Long Lasting Everything. Do I have that right? It's a very long title, so let me do that again. Look How Long Lasting Everything Is Moving Forward for Once. (laughs) What? <laughs> well, yeah. momentum and consistency, or persistency. Right. Uh, Mala Vista will be releasing Fun Time on Spaghetti Town Records. Slugger, Lost Legion, No Heart, and Black Dogs also putting out a four-way split called Tales of Violence. That'll be on Longshot Music and Try and Stop Me Records. X-Rated will be releasing a new single called Beer Slut. Rat's Nest will be releasing Yesterday's Song, which I believe is just an individual song, a single. Joe Blow uh, of Dog Company will be doing a solo release under the name Joe Blow. Uh, I can't remember when that comes out, March or something like that. Either way, a the first single from his solo release is called Done Wrong. That'll be out Friday. Criminal Damage is releasing a new EP called Turn It Off, Turn It Down. Those guys were active in like the early 80s, and man, they've come back releasing stuff last year, this year. Great sound. No Guard will be releasing uh, No Guard 7-inch on Lionheart Records this Friday as well. They released their demo back in August. I don't know if the tracks are different. I think there's three tracks. I don't have time to confirm that, but they will be releasing some new stuff. Uh, A few releases that may be on the 1st or early in March Our old boys in town releasing Our Present World on Rusty Knife Records. Urban Elite's self-titled Urban Elite. The Agrios uh, will be putting out a new album. Don't know the title. Couldn't find that. 
Bucket releasing Abandoned Paradise, Storm of Ages putting out a new release, and Destructifux putting out a four-song EP. And that one should actually be out by early next week, I believe. Then on the second, uh, Lawmaker is putting out their new full-length called Play to Win. It'll be on Audio Epidemic Records here in the States. I've already pre-ordered mine. I love that band. The Mocks will be releasing Do You Want Me Too on Wap Schwap Records. Then... Finally, uh, we'll wrap up on the 8th. Uh, on the 8th, a few releases. Domain releasing Life's Cold Grasp on Days. First in Line releasing A Fair Warning, which is an EP on Lovely Records. Finally, Whirlwind releasing Lasting Peace on Indecision Records. There's a couple on the 9th, but I'll mention those next week. Eric, what do you got? Well, I also got a lot. Good. <laughs> a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah, by my standards, at least. <laughs> so on the... <clears throat> Just to recap, on the 20th, Stand Still and Arson Choir and Gate Creeper all released singles. Stand Still released Steps Ascending, Arson Choir released Ravenous, and Gate Creeper released Caught in the Treads. On the 21st, AWOL released a Tear em to Bits single. And on the 22nd, Life Cycles released a Portal to the Unknown EP. And on the 23rd, Amigo the Devil released Yours Until the War is Over. I have yet to listen to that. Because, like I said, it could go one or two ways. I can either uh, laugh at the pain, or he will just uh, rip my fucking heart out. There's not so much <laughs> in between when it comes to me listening to uh, uh, Mr. Danny Kiranos. But I will, I will report back in due time. Anyway, on the 24th, <clears throat> Wide Shut released Seeds of Hatred. Final Resting Place released their Prelude to Extinction EP, and Alley Trash released their Instant Regret single. On the 26th, Bayway released More Than Blood single. On the 28th, Life's Question <clears throat> released the When I Meet God single. And on the 1st, Ministry's going to finally be releasing Hopium for the Masses. Worst Doubt's going to be releasing Immortal Pain. And Poison Seed's going to release their self-titled album. And finally, on March 8th, Domain is going to release Life's Cold Grasp. <laughs> nice. A lot okay. of good stuff. A lot of good stuff coming out already this year. Uh, a lot of stuff I'm excited for, some of those pre-orders I was talking about. And just in general, a lot of good stuff. Uh, 2024 is kicking off to be a pretty good year. Oh, yeah. Like uh, last, yeah, last month, I already said my f pretty much my favorite album of that month was Cancer Christ's uh, uh, God damn, it's my favorite album. I can barely remember the name. God is violence. <laughs> right. Yeah. That LP. That's I'm like, yeah, it just uh, came out six days into the new year, but it's already ranking pretty high. <laughs> me too. Skin Flicks uh, was on the fifth, and uh, if it didn't cost me between the conversion of euros and then the shipping, it was like seventy bucks for the vinyl. I would have ordered it already, but I'm holding off. But uh, shout out to Thorsten. Thorsten's going to order that for me and maybe some other records over the next little bit and save me on some shipping and I'll, I'll, I'll send him over some money. So uh, any of them other good uh, European releases that'll be coming out, <laughs> I've got a buyer for me. Yeah, <laughs> Got to get go. my fix. <laughs> and then an album, uh, you know, band whose album I'll be talking about later on this show is also put into high ranking. So basically it's my favorite album of February. Nice. So 
there's that. <laughs> well, let's get right down that path. I mean, it'll be a minute, but uh, there are some new releases. Uh, you, you have a couple February releases on this episode, so let's get into one of those yeah. February releases. Yeah, let's talk about this one. And uh, this one is coming from a band whose album that they just barely released is not going to make it on my end of year list. I'm sorry, but <laughs> we'll get into that in just a minute. So the band I'm going to be talking about is Idols. Idols, I have talked about them six separate times on this show, starting going all the way back to episode 127 on November 2019, where I talked about their album Joy is an Act of Resistance. And I've gone on record saying how much I love that album. It's great. One right. of my favorite uh, uh, punk records that came out in the 2010s. And then I talked about them uh, three separate times in the year 2021 on episodes 194, where I talked about <clears throat> the single Kill Them With Kindness, and then again on 223 in uh, the Model Village single, which all were coming out on their Ultra Mono record. And then on episode 238, talked about the Meds, so the song Meds from their album Crawler. And then I talked about them again on April 2022 on episode one, uh, no, 261, talking about the Ground song from their album Ultra Mono. And then they made it on my... <clears throat> On two end-of-year lists of best LPs, once in 2021 for their album Ultramano, and then in 2022 for Crawler. So clearly, I hold this band to such a high standard. <laughs> right. Talked about them so many times, or <clears throat> them releasing a lot of material that I think is fucking great. So yeah, Idol's discography... It, sound wise, it doesn't run in a straight line. They have songs that have old school garage rock vibes laced together with reverberated guitar leads, and they've had lo longer epics that tell uh, stories, uh, letting smooth overdubs set the theme, and then fast, noisy short songs that are reminiscent of their hardcore punk influences. Uh, they are a strange mix of like punk, alternative, garage rock, and even industrial. I describe it as like if Refused, White Stripes, and MC5 all raised a wayward youth. <laughs> <laughs> now, on to their newest record, Tank. And I looked up what in the fuck that name means, and the name is actually just a made-up word, courtesy of the band themselves, stating nice. that it's the lashing way of the band... Uh, the lashing way the band imagined the guitar is sounding that has grown into a, soy, a sigil for love. Okay. Yeah, direct quote from when they were interviewed by DIY Magazine. So, Weird. yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, tank. It's an onomatopoeic term that they came up with. Well, that's exactly what onomatopoeic is. You know, create your own word and then give its own meaning to it. Love it. In other words, just slang. <laughs> Slank. So, so yeah, uh, saying the sigil for love. Love is the key word here, as vocalist Joe Talbot has said that this album is an ode to gratitude for all the people who reciprocated the love they received from him. So every song on here is a love song in some way, shape, or form. And as Talbot also declares, he wrote the album because he needed love. <laughs> Which I guess would explain why the songs here are much softer on this record. This, yeah, this album is <clears throat> comparable to the slower soft songs that they had on their previous records. Only they uh, multiplied it. Okay. <laughs> so that's basically what, uh, that's basically Tank in a nutshell. But to get down to uh, 
yeah, get down to brass tacks. Their guitarist, Mark Bowen, is... He returned as a producer for this record, as he had the last two, but he is also joined by none other than Nigel Good, uh, Goodrich. And you may know him as the man who worked uh, as a producer and engineer on albums by U2, Beck, and probably most notably Radiohead. Wow. So yeah, with him at the helm, it makes sense that... Uh, uh, that this album turned out to be a collection of Idol's most serene material. And that's also in part with uh, Talbert, Talbot, Talbert, Talbot's softer lyrical approach. Yeah, a lot of the songs play off like 90s alt-rock ballads. You think songs like Creep or The Sweater Song by Weezer? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it works. It does kind of work toward its detriment as there aren't there aren't any anthems on this album and not a lot of hooks or a lot of memorable musical passages like you like you would get in even some of their more stripped down versions like what we had in Crawler. And sure, it's interesting to see what they're doing, but can you remember it? It feels like those elements are there. They just don't jump out at you. Because you know, even when uh, songs that, like the aforementioned songs like Creep and Sweater, they, they do have hooks. People do remember them. And even though the bands may hate them because they're so catchy, that is the point. It doesn't feel like Idols was like writing to have songs that would be earworms. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> so, <clears throat> there are exceptions, though. And also, I got to point out, also in the producer's chair is Kenny Beats, who's also a DJ himself. And he implements a style to drive the heavier and more groove-laden elements of their songs, making them pop off a little harder. And this includes songs like Gift Horse, Dancer, which also features LCD sound system, and today's subject, Hall and Oates. <laughs> it's Daryl Hall and John Oates. <laughs> it's, it's funny how they lash out to their fans by just calling them Hall and Oates. It's like, that is not our name. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, the song itself starts off with a uh, fuzzy, detached guitar riff and maintains a steady groove following the drums. And it feels like a garage rock song, although uh, all around with the vocals getting a little more upfront and coarse. And it's it's the most lively song in the record as a result. And it feels it feels that their former glory is being reinstated. <laughs> now this still is a love song. It's staying the course of the album's theme, but not for romance, but rather camaraderie and companionship you keep amongst friends. Uh, the title is referential to uh, most any dynamic, dynamic duo, in this case as John Hall and Daryl Oates, and it just seemed to be the most befitting. So basically, you can't have one without the other, otherwise you just aren't, in, you just aren't complete. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of what I'm saying about this album. So kind of ironic that I'm choosing this one. But I guess you can say I'm also trying to make a point. So here is the, this is the most punk song that Idols has on their album, Tonk. I don't even know how to begin to pronounce <laughs> that. So I guess Tonk, but uh, just call it the Guitar Noise album. <laughs> but, but not a lot of noise, funnily enough. But in this song, there is more noise. It's more lively. It's closer to their punk material. It's about as punk as you can get with this record. So don't expect any more of this uh, surrounding it. Here we are, Hollow Notes. It feels like Hall Oates is playing in my ear. Every time I 
So yeah, that's the uh, I guess the diamond in the rough. <laughs> Actually, it's sort of like the the one rough part on this otherwise well polished diamond. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's not a bad record, although certainly different when compared to their last two. Uh, where it felt as if they were stripping their style down to the bare bones and are now rebuilding it to resume its true form. And we'll just have to see what the future holds for them. <laughs> so, but I mean, they've been pretty busy at releasing uh, like an album a year. So, right. so yeah, we won't have to wait too long for when it comes back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder what Josh thinks about it. Remember how he said it was the best record that came out last year? Yes. <laughs> but it didn't but it wasn't even <laughs> released. Right. <laughs> now that he can actually hear the rest, because I don't remember exactly what I said, but I wouldn't have disagreed with him at that point, you know? Where because yeah. I, I like idols, but it is definitely different than I was expecting and not as you said, too, it's not going to end up on my list at the end of the year now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, Idols. I love you. But yeah. if uh, <laughs> if someone is saying they love you and they're just doing nothing but being the yes man, then that's not love. That's just, uh, in a way, that's fear. <laughs> right. And when it comes down to it, I mean, do whatever they, you like. You don't have to ha make it so people like you and me who really enjoyed their other stuff have to enjoy this and as you said with the as much or, or as frequent as they're putting stuff out they might already be ready to go you know in six months or a year with something completely different than this current album and maybe it's more like the last stuff oh yeah yeah i'll have to hopefully they'll be uh touring uh pretty soon they only came by uh, for the first time almost two years ago. It's like I'm going to say I ago. saw something, and they're not coming to Salt Lake on their next tour, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, you, you win some, lose some. Right? <laughs> it happens. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, hopefully next time they come through Salt Lake, they will be, uh, it'll be in support of better material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, what Idols has been up to for the last uh, year and a half or so. Uh, what have the rest of these bands been up to? Uh, I've got a couple bands that have shared some stuff. Uh, as per usual, I want to thank Shane for sharing Convict Class's stuff. Convict Class from Warrnambool in Australia. I always dig the stuff they do, like Wank Sock, and they even had the socks to go along with the single last time, which was just a great thing to do for a band, I think. Uh, I really liked it. They are putting out on March 8th, so a week from this Friday, Conspiracy, which is going to be a 7-inch. There's going to be two tracks on there, the title track, Conspiracy. And then we're going to play the other track, as I really do enjoy when a band has a theme, right? Like Convict Class. You yeah. can kind of say, all right, that kind of says something about you as opposed to, I don't know. I mean, you can, I guess you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, and it might mean something. But, you know, something more ambiguous where you're like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Anyway, <laughs> Convict Class has a song called Convict Class. I like it. I like when bands do that. That kind of gives you maybe a little insight as to, you know, questions that we ask when we do interviews. Where did you come up with the band name? Well, with some bands put out a track. After the band name, that might give you some of that insight. Yeah, or sometimes the uh, band name comes first, and then they, or the uh, 
the song name comes first. True. And then they uh, just decide, you know what? Let's just uh, make that our band name. That's what, yeah, that's what Black Sabbath did. Right. Was a song first, and then they just decided to uh, roll with it. Right. I don't think that's the case, as these guys have been around. But who knows? Maybe they had this song first and just didn't quite have it done the way they wanted, and now it's coming out. I don't know. But either way, I liked it. Both tracks are great, so you can hear this one, and then next Friday you can go check out that title track, Conspiracy. It's good stuff here coming at us from Australia. Thank you again, Shane. Here we go with Convict Class giving us Convict Class.
Well, can't deny them for uh, accuracy. <laughs> right? I, I dig it. Uh, I like the, the rock and rolls kind of slowed down, you know, compared to a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that we're playing. But I, I like that spot kind of in the middle where you're getting some of that little uh, ACDC. Oi! Yeah. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> I know. Does the, does the oi in TNT predate the oi music? <laughs> I don't know. That song was written and released in 1975. And Coxbar has been around since 72. But were they considered skinheads back then? I don't know too much about the history. <laughs> <laughs> it is a question for another episode as we don't have the answer at the moment. <laughs> yep. Okay, an answer for another episode. The question is on this episode. There you go. That's right. Well, real quick before we move on, I want to congratulate Convict Class. They will be performing this year at Rebellion Festival. It's pretty awesome for them. So... Uh, if you are, aren't going to be in Australia anytime soon, but you might be going to Rebellion, well, you should be definitely checking out these guys. That's awesome for them. And then they will be playing a free show Saturday, March 9th, the day after their release. So you can go probably get some cool merch and such uh, related to that. Uh, you can go check them out. It looks like a 12 p.m. show. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, as we usually do this later on in the show. But convict underscore class, you can get a little bit more details but it'll be at the last chance rock and roll bar to go check those guys out great stuff convict class doing convict class next up band that reached out recently i want to thank mike d for reaching out and sharon grozny hopefully i got that right and uh, g-a-r sorry g-r-a-h-z-n-y grozny uh and it looks Russian or, or uh, Eastern European to me, but the band's yeah. from San Diego. Grazny. Grazny. Maybe they, well, maybe, maybe like, uh, you know, like a system of a down, they all have Armenian lineage, but sure. they're based out of Los Angeles. Could be. Yeah. So m maybe they have lineage that is going back to uh, some of the Slavic, uh, you know, uh, God, what is it? The Balkan there countries in Europe. That could be. That's what the word looks like to me. I don't know. Uh, the band's new to me, so I want to thank Mike for reaching out and getting the band on our radar. Uh, they just released their second full-length album, so if you like this, there's a full-length album to go check out, plus a previous first full-length that they released. They are uh, The email came February 13th, so just a couple weeks ago. The album is actually being released March 15th, so that's coming up soon. It's called Stay Off My Lawn. They have a single that's already uh -huh. out off of Stay Off My Lawn, and it's called Trailer Park Patina. So here we go with some Grozny and Trailer Park Patina. For some San Diego boys, they sound a little, they sound a little Southern. <laughs> Not Southern California. I'm talking Southern, the other side of the U.S. <laughs> well, we'll hear Trailer Park Patina, and we'll see if that changes your mind. Here it goes. Straight up to the creek, party with Lou. 
elements in the music there i dig it i'm really looking forward to checking out the rest again this is my introduction to the band if it's your introduction to the band as well well there is a full length you can go check out now and in about two weeks two weeks from friday that's when get off my lawn will be out i don't know if they're going to be releasing any other singles before then but uh they may thanks mike that's good stuff uh really appreciate you sharing that with us Go check out Stay Off My Lawn when it comes out. That was Trailer Park Patina. Now that we're done with Grozny, what do you got, Eric? What have I got? I got a band that I have uh, talked about on the show before, but never played any of their music. And I find that kind of, I find that kind of uh, astounding. <laughs> <clears throat> the band is Modern Life is War. They are a hardcore band, melodic hardcore band, that formed in 2002 from Marshalltown, Iowa. And, yeah, they've been around for quite some time, although they haven't released a ton of material. And the material they released, I really love. I don't know how I haven't talked about them before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some bands you've talked about several times. And this one, this is the first. Yeah, the only time I mentioned them is when they were releasing new material. And they were just releasing a bunch of singles the past three years. That's the only time I talked about them was when I was plugging them. So now... I'm about to make up for lost time. So, Modern Life is War. When they, yeah, when they first started off, they released a self-titled seven-inch EP through uh, the underground label Lifeline Records, and then they released their debut album, My Love, My Way, through Martyr Records in 2003. They then signed to Death Wish, and in 2005, released their widely regarded Witness, boosting their popularity in the hardcore circuit. They then signed with Equal Vision Records and released their album Midnight in America in 2007, which also received favorable reviews. Then in 2008, they split up, but they reunited four years later with their original lineup. And they signed back to Deathwish and released their fourth record, Fever Hunting, in 2013. And then for a while, nothing happened. But then, in 2018, well, between the years of 2018 and 2021, they released a trilogy of two-song EPs, pretty much singles, but they call them EPs for some reason, each bearing the title Tribulation Work Songs. Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, such. And in January of this year, they combined all six songs with an added bonus track of a dub version of their song... Uh, feels Like End Times, courtesy of Uriah Hackney, who is uh, related to the Hackney brothers from the band Death. Cool. So that's a nice little uh, trivia for you. Right. <laughs> and then they released it properly as a seven-song EP containing five originals, the aforementioned dub track, a cover of The Stooges' I Want to Be Your Dog, and a cover of Brent Dow's Survival. Nice. This is their first proper release in over 10 years. And they still sound as though they have some bite to them. 
It may be due in part to them giving themselves enough space in between to sit with the songs and figure out their next move, artistically speaking. And every song kicks ass on here, but the one that gets that gets me is Revival Fires. It holds down their melodic hardcore output while staying more mid-tempo in its rhythm. Uh, so don't expect speed, don't even expect breakdowns. This one is more focused on the message and the lyrics therein. Kind of like what uh, old school protest songs were. Like they didn't want to worry about being frilly or anything. They wanted to be straightforward to the point. It was about the message and pay attention to the words. So that's kind of what they're doing here is what they do on all the songs in this record. One of them literally sounds like if, uh, like a chain gang song. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's kind of what the point, uh, that's kind of what the point is that you're paying attention to the message as this song is all about the country's current state of being. And of course, questioning if it is truly damaged beyond repair. And that said mindset is beset upon us because the generations before us have made the mess. Now we have to clean it up. So, yeah, old school, uh, old school folk songs and uh, new school hardcore songs, they're all mad at the same thing. <laughs> Fucking love it. So yeah, here is the latest from, well, sort of latest from Modern Life is War. This came out back in 2018, but so it's sort of new, sort of not, but the EP itself is new. So this is what we got, Revival Fires. Let's go! 
Uh, today is burning. Tomorrow is ripe. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a great return for these hardcore giants. And yeah, hopefully we won't have to wait another decade for their next release. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but in the meantime, I'll just have to go back and listen to the uh, the back catalog, the albums that I've listened to, or rather haven't listened to for a long time. But and yeah, I should really come back and uh, plug these albums because they're worth talking about. <laughs> I know they have one that's like D-E-A-D-R-A-M-O-N-E-S or R-A-M-O-N-E, Dead Ramon. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you want to talk about a band who's, uh, who's literally covered a cover song that's about them or covered a song that's about them? <laughs> right? Yep. Well, now they're just uh, flipping that on its ear, so maybe I'll plug that one next time. Nice. Yeah, whenever the fuck that'll be. Uh, so yeah, Modern Life is War. Finally get to talk about them properly. Excellent. Well, we got one more before we start talking about some live shows. Get into albums. Uh, the band is from Nantes, Nantes, France. I don't know if I ever say that right. Yeah, I would say Nantes. N-A-N-T-E-S case. Uh, Nantes. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, a lot of bands coming out of there. I've played several. I don't I would think I'd figure it out by now, but I haven't. Anyway, the band is Pose, Pose Zero. And I just came across them recently. Every once in a while, I've uh, got Spotify going on. I typically listen to Spotify depending on which vehicle I'm driving in or if I have to do some yard work or some shit like that. You know what I mean? That's typically when I've got Spotify going. And, you know, if you've listened to Spotify, and I'm sure Apple Music's the same way, you play something, and then once the album, whatever plays, then they're starting to feed you things that they think you're going to want to hear right afterwards, right? Sometimes it's shit you've already listened to, and they're like, yeah, you're going to want to listen to this one and this one, because it just keeps the music playing. Yeah, there is that feature on Apple Music. I disabled it because uh, I fucking hate that. It's repetitive. <laughs> That's the only dislike I have with Spotify, is sometimes uh, even when I'm listening to a different band, not like even the same album, but somebody else, might be similar music, I guess, you get the same recommendations like forever. And I love the take, but the take have a lot of songs, but it just kept playing like the same song from the take every time. It would be like the first one after a release. Fortunately, it's not doing that anymore, but yeah. that's what I disliked about it. Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> just like commercial radio. Right. It's like if I want to listen to the same song over and over again, I want to be, I want to choose it. Yeah. I want to choose my, for myself to do that. I like the take. They have a lot of songs. If it was variety of take songs it wasn't always the exact same song from the take then i wouldn't have had an issue <laughs> but yeah. and there was a couple other bands too i can't remember who they were offhand but it was playing the same song from them almost in the same order i'd skip and go to the next one and be like why is it always this fucking set of songs mm -hmm. anyway this band came up hadn't heard of them prior to that they do have a handful of releases they are on Bandcamp. so pose zero from france and that's p-o-e-s-i-e -E, in case i'm mispronouncing that uh, yeah. Their newest release came out almost one year ago. By the time, what it's about one week away from a year ago. And again, their newest release, it's all one word. looks like L'Album Bleu, which is like the blue album. If you look at their artwork, uh, you would know uh, what that means, blue album. It's very similar, but like they changed the colors. Kind of like what uh, Modern Life is War did with those Tribulation War song. Or, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, 
Yeah, the Tribulation War Work songs. Work songs, not war. Work songs. Yeah, work songs. Uh, they had, like, the same cover, but they alternated the color for it. And that's kind of what this band did for a lot of their releases. So the Blue Album, and it came out March 7th, like I said. Well, we're going to check out a track. And before I get into the track, I picked out one I liked. What they played was obviously something more similar to what I listened to. But they do kind of have a variety of sounds in it. So... Be prepared. It's not going to be, you know, when you hear a band and you then you hear their music, a lot of bands are a very similar style. It's a continuation of the next thing and the next thing and so forth, right? Not always pretty different. There's some shit that's pretty different from this band on the same albums even. Not even like what we were talking about with Idols where <laughs> this is pretty different from their previous releases as opposed to... On this album, there's some shit that's pretty different from the rest of the shit that's on there. <laughs> so it's still cool. I just want to clear, point that out in case you didn't know. We're going to get to it now. Uh, Don le Caneveau is the name of the track, which translates to In the Gutter. So we're going to get to that track right now. Let's do it. It's uh, Pose Zero, I think. In case you hadn't heard of them before, well, now you have. Yep, even though we can barely pronounce the name, it's still fucking fun. Right? Good stuff. They got a lot of stuff. If you like it and you hadn't heard it before, well, guess what? There is a lot to go discover. And again, Bandcamp Friday coming up this Friday. Oh, shit. Well, looks like our list got longer. <laughs> and they are on Bandcamp, in case I didn't clarify that. So, a lot of good stuff uh, on the show so far. Still great stuff to come. Eric, before we get to those albums... Let's talk about some live shows. I got some live shows to mention. Did you go to any live shows? I did go to live shows. I went to two live shows. The first one was not a punk show. It wasn't even a concert. 
I got to watch Bill Burr do stand-up. I know a lot of people that went, and I didn't know about it till too late, and I wish I would have went, because I think Bill Burr's pretty funny. He is hilarious. Yeah. He's one of my favorite uh, modern comedians, and Jesus. Yeah, he was letting everybody have it. <laughs> as he should, and as comedy should be. If you don't like that type of comedy, then don't fucking show up. Don't bitch about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be the next person they talk about. Right. <laughs> That's exactly how it gets. That's how comedians get their material. They think of things that piss them off or sadden them or anything like that. Anything that causes any sort of grievance or inconvenience in their lives, well, they're just going to turn it around on itself. Right. <laughs> Make a joke out of it. Again, comedy comes from tragedy. Mm -hmm. Comedy is misery plus time. <laughs> and Bill Burr has uh, cracked that code. Good God, is he hilarious, especially when he's, especially when he's given dating advice. There's a section of that one is like, women, and his Bostonian accent, women, all right, now listen, there's a, there are three things you got to look out for when you're dating a guy that, makes, that means that he's a bad egg. One, when he cracks his neck, fucking run. <laughs> the other if he's a small guy of a slender build but has a big watch <laughs> and oh man i can't remember what the third one was but that was that was one of them and he'll go on to his own little uh uh kind of create this whole scene and like uh yeah he's just sitting he's just sitting at dinner then all of a sudden <laughs> cracks his neck they're just like oh god what else is this guy got to break? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Or even describing like how a little man who has a big watch, he's often making up for making up for something that he's missing. And he <laughs> storms out of the house in a huff. And then you're like folded all of his little clothes. It's almost like you're doing your kid's laundry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was going on with so much. Funny shit. And even when he was uh, on some questionable material, like he was talking about shootings, talking about uh, adventures like uh, getting an AK-47, and the and the crowd was like, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, that totally silenced you guys, did it? <laughs> <laughs> and he'll always, he'll, there were like three specific times that uh, the crowd fell silent, and he was always there. He was always ready to just bring him back. So, so, yeah, he's a master class. I love what he's doing. He is. Yeah. I like Bill Burr. Yep. If you, yeah, if you missed him, check out all of his uh, specials that are on, uh, you know, Netflix and YouTube. Guy knows how to make me laugh. <laughs> anyway, so that was the comedy show. But the main show that I went to, the hardcore show, oh, Death Before Dishonor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Death Before Dishonor. They fucking kicked ass. But I showed up... Uh, Somewhat late, I missed uh, I missed the local openers, Mask, and I missed Twist of Cain. I was looking forward to Twist of Cain, but uh, I just showed up too late, man. What could I say? I was actually uh, I was spending the whole day uh, uh, getting some much needed rest. I pulled an all nighter at my friend's house. It was her birthday. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of drinking, a lot of puffing, a lot of uh, and uh, there was some. I just didn't end up leaving until around 7 a.m. on an hour's worth of sleep. So I was like, okay, I got to go home and sleep. So I slept it off, most of it off. <laughs> and, had to, and then I'm just sitting in my bed and I was like, oh, God, it's 9 p.m. 
I should probably get going now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I spent a whole night partying. I had to cleanse myself being surrounded by a bunch of straight edgers. <laughs> okay, so I did get there, and I got there right as uh, Hold My Own was, uh, was about to set up. And Hold My Own, they were fucking great. Had a great stage presence. The guy was really, you know... Really into uh, the audience. Right when the show was about to start, he was like, okay, everybody, move up, 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 move up. He just kept saying it. And it was like, okay, people are getting the message, and they move closer in. Nice. So that was awesome. And, yeah, and then out of pocket. This was pretty hilarious. Out of pocket. I mean, their set wasn't... Their set itself wasn't hilarious, but something they did is when there was a big breakdown happening and it was like a and was like one of those uh uh down picking riffs that dun 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 dun. Okay, it wouldn't be that fast, it was like ding 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 ding. You expect people to just start slamming into each other, flailing the fist, spinning the kicks and whatnot. But no, what they did was they just raised their right arm up and have it going in a downward motion, just alternating like this. I seen that done before. But at hip-hop shows, at fucking <laughs> rap shows, because you're going down with the beat. And, the yeah, I've seen that done in, like, uh, in this fan-made video for Wu-Tang Clan's uh, Bring the Ruckus. It starts off with RZA doing that thing with his hand, going, Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the, mother- bring the motherfucking ruckus! And when Out of Pocket was... Uh, uh, was done with her set. I pulled the lead singer aside and I was saying, dude, those uh, arm motions that you were doing, I couldn't help but start uh, start rapping Bring the Ruckus. And he's <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so I'd never seen that at a hardcore show. It was uh, pretty funny to me, pretty entertaining. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, let's get to the main event. How the fuck was Death Before Dishonor? They were fucking awesome is what they were. Holy <laughs> hell. Yeah, played a lot of the... Yeah, played a lot of their fucking good songs. Everyone was, uh, yeah, everyone was going crazy. For the most part, for most of the show, I was standing, like, side stage, just, you know, away from everybody else, just to make sure my my poor little head doesn't get hit. <laughs> uh, but when Death Before Dishonor came on, I had to move in a little closer. I was still on the side closest to the stage, and, and yeah, had some close calls, but, you know, I didn't get hit. So, nice. thank you for that. <laughs> and and yeah, Death Before Dishonor, these guys are in their, yeah, clearly in their 40s, but they are still just bringing, the, just bringing the energy, putting on a hell of a good show. And they ended their set, and uh, and their singer, uh, what, the hell, what the hell is their damn singer's name? I mentioned it like three or four times on the last episode. At the end of their set, uh, Brian, he looks among the crowd of all the hardcore kids, and he's like, this next song, this is our last one, it's a cover song. And we know that you hardcore kids, whether you listen to punk or not, just have fun with this. This is a punk song. And what is it? It's England belongs to me. (laughs) But they're not from England, so of course it's Boston belongs to me. Nice. A city's pride, the murky water of their rivers. Oh, God. And, yeah, I was surprised how many, like, noticeably hardcore, like, without a doubt... (laughs) They were hardcore kids. We're all piling up to his fucking, to the fucking mic and just screaming, Boston belongs to me. <laughs> that awesome. was a fun, that was a fun moment. Room full of a uh, tough guy, hardcore kids singing old school skinhead music. Nice. Yeah, that was a nice time. 
So yeah, Death Before Dishonor. I was uh, I was super stoked that I worked up the energy to bring myself to that show because if I had missed it, I would be kicking myself in the ass. Okay, but I'm glad I went. And, awesome. And I bought the seven inch for uh, Unfinished Business. Cool. Yeah, it's a great release. It's the one with their uh, uh, their cover of Sonic Reducer on there, which I thought that was going to be the song that they were going to cover. Sonic Reducer. <laughs> Shit. It's a good cover, but it would have been awesome to hear that live. I'm not complaining, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe next time. So yeah, Death Before Dishonor, and uh, yeah, and the guys, they were all hanging out and just uh, talking with everybody. As big as they are, and I use big in quotation marks because, you know, hardcore, you don't get big. Unless you're Scal, and you end up being on a, on a commercial. Right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, you don't expect, like... Uh, the only thing you get is uh, notoriety. And that's not necessarily fame or infamy, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just people in your uh, small niche crowd, people have attached themselves to your band and your music. And sometimes it's just 50 people. Yeah. But those 50 people love you to hell and back. So, <laughs> and, you know, they're not big enough to uh, have that fucking. Uh, to have that attitude about them. They're just sitting there chilling and just talking to you like, uh, like you're just friends. And I love, it. I love it when bands are doing that. They don't see themselves as so important for anyone else. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, death before dishonor. That was a great fucking show. Super stoked. that They came back after 10 years. Literally 10 years. The last show they played was at the Shred Shed in 2014. Wow. Yeah, with Ringworm, too. And I only knew about that show after it happened. Oh. I was like, God fucking damn it, I love Ringworm. I hadn't listened to Death Before Dishonor at that point, but Ringworm I knew about, and I loved them. So, yeah. But I wasn't too attuned with all the underground hardcore shows at that point. <laughs> anyway... So that's it for shows that happened. How about shows that are coming up? Well, on the 29th, the band Physique, All Systems Fail. I don't know how the fuck you pronounce that. It's F-U-I-E-X. And Griebler will all be playing a show at the Hemorrhoid House at 6 p.m. And asking uh, Dorfee is uh, 5 to $10. Cool. Then on March 1st, there is that supply drive benefit show that I talked about on the last episode, but did not know what the benefit show was actually for. Well, it's just for the homeless communities, not overseas or anything like that, but the it's for the homeless population in Salt Lake City. So that's why they're calling it a supply drive. They're asking for you to, uh, yes, bring donations, but also items like blankets, tarps, tents, gloves, socks, other clothing, other such clothing items and shoes, uh, lighters, matches, some menstrual products, uh, pet food, backpacks, and really any other items you would think the homeless would need. Okay, that's what they're asking for. Uh, the bands who will all be playing will be All Systems Fail, Ulteriors, Garg, Molotovin, or Molotovin and Makosos, and they'll be playing at Loathing Clothing. That's going to start at 6 p.m. On the second, Beartooth, The Plot in You, Invent Animate, 
And Sleep Theory will all be playing the Complex. Starts at 5.30 p.m. Well, that's when doors are, anyway. And that show's going to be $46 after all fees and, you know, all those stupid inclusions. Right. Then also on March 2nd, uh, Poonhammer, Hi-Fi Murder, Saving Sydney, and MPNK will be playing The Depot. That's 7 p.m. And the asking price is $17. And I assume after uh, taxes and fees, if you pay at the door, it'll probably be somewhere in the somewhere between $20, $25, somewhere in that ballpark. So, not too bad. Then on March 3rd, this is the show I'll be going to. I'll be seeing Ghoul, Necrot, and Sacrilegion at Aces High. That thing starts at 8 p.m. There's a small amount of tickets left, and they're $25. Or if you just want to run the risk and pay at the door, $30, bud. (laughs) And also on March 3rd, and this is really bumming me out, Dead Heat is playing at Urban Lounge with Zodiac Killer and Mask. That starts at 7 p.m. It's $20 to get in. It's 21 plus. So is the show at Aces, 21 plus. Obviously, it's a bar venue. But the thing is, Ghoul, Necrot, and Dead Heat are all on the same tour with Municipal Waste. But they that tour itself is skipping over Salt Lake City. But Ghoul and Necrot were able to... Uh, we're convinced to play a, a one-off show in Salt Lake when going through to the next state. But they, for some reason, didn't get dead heat on that bill. But the boys in Wild West Booking, the guys who uh, booked uh, a lot of the hardcore shows, including the aforementioned Death Before Dishonor show, scooped up dead heat and said, hey, you guys are coming through. Why don't you play a show here at Urban Lounge? So it's like the tour has been split in half for one night. I'm just like, God damn it, could you... Get them all in one place. Because, I mean, Dead Heat would boat over welds at Aces High. It's a fucking metal venue. Right. It's a thrash bar. People will come out to see that. Eh, whatever. So, yeah, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and miss Dead Heat. I would love to see them. They are awesome. I've seen them three times now. But Ghoul and Necrot, I have not seen. So, yep. As much as it pains me, I'll have to, I'll have to just go with the, with the <laughs> latter. Yeah, being a music fan is hard. Yep. These are the sacrifices <laughs> we gotta make. Anyway, that's all I have for shows. And no, I'm not forgetting any. I went through the flyers I have saved on my phone today, and I made sure that all of them have been mentioned tonight. So. There you go. Those are all the shows I have. <laughs> Excellent. I've got just a couple, and then you can get into your album. Mm-hmm. First, our pals in Worker and Parasite will be playing a show this Friday the 1st. They will be playing at the Tote Upstairs, which is in Warren, Warrenjury Country. W-U-R-U-N-D-J-E-R-I. I don't know where that is in Australia, but it is... before the show or $18 at the door. And you'll also get to see Tommy Dynamite and the explosions, and they might be dead frogs. So go check out our pals there in uh, Worker and Parasite. They're great. Next on the 9th at Double Down Saloon in New York City, you'll get to see the Minges, No Moss, Bone, Bonstwat, Bonstwat, 
Bonestwat. I don't know if I'm getting that right. Uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. Bomb twat. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then Creatures. The reason why I'm mentioning that is Dirk Vermin. He's awesome. I like Dirk, and he is in No Moss. His band is going to be going through New York. So if you're in New York, you can go check out Dirk and No Moss. Also, the Minges, that's Saturday the 9th, 7 p.m. Again, Double Down Saloon in New York City. Next is Crown Court uh, from London. They will be heading to uh, Netherlands. Uh, I don't know where this fucking is. Uh, it's 10 bucks. This is uh, It's probably Ronnie. Where is it, Ronnie? I can't fucking tell on this flyer. It's, it's uh, N-A-O-S. I don't know. Uh, it's probably in Greece because two of the bands, Guilty Noise and Beware of the Wolves, are both from Athens area. So it's probably in Greece. Uh, Crown Court from London will be heading there. A bunch of great bands. That's going to be on Saturday the 9th. Starts at 8.30. Only 10 euros. So really awesome to get to see Crown Court coming down to Greece. And if you're in Greece, those are two great bands. Take the opportunity to see them. Then, also on Saturday, March 9th, uh, in Los Angeles at Universal Bar and Grill, you can go see Street Threat, The Afraid, Strange Brains, The Filthy Crooks, and Celebrity Stalker. Uh, it starts, looks like, 7 o'clock Pre-sale is on eventbrite.com if you want to check those, that out. As Eric said, when you get into venues and buying your tickets and places like that, probably a few extra bucks at least in fees and so forth, but uh, worth it to go see some cool bands. Finally, our, our pals in Schism, uh, they will be playing in Brooklyn with the bands Through It All and... Who else is coming through? So Through It All is from Oklahoma. They're from Tulsa. And Schism will be playing with them. Uh, something Bitter looks like uh, Through It All, Something Bitter, and then Honey, I'm Homeless. It's 10 bucks. It's at the Kingsland in Brooklyn. Again, uh, that one is coming up. Uh, it's at Doors Open at 6. And it's on March 10th. There we go. Sometimes it's hard to find <laughs> some of those... Date, so March 10th. And the last one I'll quickly mention again, Pennywise is on tour with Dropkick Murphys doing their St. Paddy's Day tours. The Scratch from Dublin is on tour with them. Uh, and the 28th, they're off. So on the 29th, they're in Nashville. The first, Columbia, South Carolina. Then they'll be in West Virginia, Kentucky, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Virginia, back in Pennsylvania at State College. A uh, couple shows in New York, then Portland, Maine, and then obviously March 14th through 17th, they'll be playing in Boston. And I believe on the 17th, yeah. it's tradition for the band, Dropkick Murphys, to play a free show. I don't know if all those shows will be free shows, but it's tradition for them to play a free show on the 17th. So that's all I've got. Eric, let's get into your album. Yeah, let's get into the album here. <clears throat> so... This is a band who I know I've talked about before, only not to the same extent as the as Idols. <laughs> right? Or some of the other bands I've mentioned uh, in the past uh, episodes, like Terror. <laughs> I'm still amazed at how many times I've talked about them. But 
This is strictly because this man hasn't been around for very long. Ergo, not a, enough, not a lot of material to uh, pick through. Okay. They have a lot of material. They've actually been uh, pretty busy since their formation. But, I don't know. Had to find some time in between. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you got to think about it. I've been doing this uh, show for coming up on five years now. Yep. And this band has only been around for, God, less than four. So, and I've only been putting music out for less than four. Four of which were just EPs. One of which was actually a split EP. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there wasn't a lot of time in between where I could be like, oh, I want to talk about that one. Oh, I want to talk about that one. Anyway, <laughs> enough uh, pittering around the fucking... Uh, Pittering at the corner. Let's actually uh, turn it. Let's talk about this fucking band. They are your favorite skinhead band and mine. This is The Chisel. Oh my god, The Chisel, The Chisel, The Chisel. I talked about them on episode 236 in November of 2021 about the song Retaliation. And then I talked about them again a few episodes later on 241 in December of that year to talk about that whole album. And that whole album made it on my list of the best LPs of 2021. So, so yeah, I've talked about them a little bit. <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about them a lot a bit. This band was formed in London back in uh, 2020. They formed by uh, Nicholas uh, Sarnella and Cal Graham. They brought, and they brought in Sarnella's friend and former bandmate from the band Arms Race, Char Charlie Manning Walker, on guitar along with Tom Ellis on bass and Luke Younger as a second guitarist. Before the hiring of the previous two, The Chisel released their first EP, Deconstructive Surgery. Then, as a five-piece, they released their second EP, Come See Me slash Not The Only One, in January 2021. And then their third EP, Enough Said, came out two months later, and then their debut LP, Retaliation, came out that following November. So the boys have stayed pretty busy in the studio, but after releasing Retaliation, they got launched into the frontal lobe of the punk consciousness. And they toured Europe, the UK, and the US extensively with Circle Jerks, The Chats, and GBH. And they also landed a spot on Punk Rock Bowling last year. And also this year. <laughs> so people love them. Right. Uh, now... In what seems like no time at all, the boys are back with their sophomore LP, What a Fucking Nightmare. <laughs> and fuck a sophomore slump, this album kicks more ass than retaliation. <laughs> this album is chock full of hard-hitting, rowdy punk anthems. Songs like Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, Living For Myself, What I See, and Those Days, all feeling like anthems that skinheads would be singing during a London pub crawl. Whereas Bloodsucker... Lying Little Rat, No Gimmicks, no gimmicks and Fuck em, are angry, rabid, circle pit-inducing destructors that I'm sure would be the soundtrack to a barroom brawl. One of which is Evil by Evil. Two minutes of rapid-paced ferocity that only slows down to speed back up again, almost like a boxer waiting for his opponent to get back up so he could just administer the final blow. <laughs> it's... It's a fitting metaphor because the song is about fighting, not necessarily another person, but rather the system. Such jabs like, we're a product of you, promise of a system, it's too late. 
and from a kid grinded down left to rot on the floor and you say this never happened before when the battered dog is standing at your door this certainly feels like a call to arms so let's get started with some pure fucking aggro let's go evil by evil See what I mean? Yeah. God damn. I can only imagine seeing that song in a really small venue just go off. Oh, God. I want to be there for that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's a not a bad first outing. Right. <laughs> what about the rest of it? What about those uh, more skinhead ones? Well, yeah, as far as songs that accurately exemplify the chisel, I couldn't help but go with their leading single, Cry Your Eyes Out. <laughs> yeah, I, I try not to plug the song that is, you know, the most popular or that's, you know, uh, that is the flagship song, but I make exceptions from time to time. And there's a reason why this song is the shining example of everything that encapsulates their sound. It's loud, vicious, the... The guitar leads are holding rabid riffs together, and the chorus is catchy as hell. The aggression in Cal's vocals still cuts through all of the, harmon the harmonic backing vocals, which are still mirroring the lyrics. And the lyrics are about aggressively calling out a, 
a neglectful slash abusive father and husband and how his actions are affecting his wife and kids, yet he doesn't grant himself the humility to come to the conclusion that maybe, just maybe, he's the reason why he and his loved ones are so fucking miserable. Oh, man. You can hear it in the lyrics right here. Sitting there with your head in your hands and you wonder where it all went wrong. After all the shit that you put her through and you wonder why she's gone. Fuck yeah, Chisel. Preach! <laughs> so yeah, here we go with their, uh, yeah, with the leading fucking uh, single for their new album. Fucking cry about it. Cry your eyes out. <laughs> fucking loving this right <clears throat> so yeah i'm i am stoked about this album i listened to it uh so many times over and not just for educational purposes mind you <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the in the wake of this uh skinhead resurgence i am fucking happy that the chisel the chisel are among the bands that are leading the charge it's a full frontal assault they're going on alongside the likes of lion's law <laughs> likes of fucking uh oh and hard left <laughs> i don't love hard left and r.i.p harrington saints right r.i.p mob mentality but the fact that they're gone 
It sucks, but we got bands like this to uh, carry on for them. Right. So, so yeah, skinhead music is not one that I that I personally bring up often on this show because, well, that's mostly left up to Dustin here. Yeah, I do plenty of that, right? <laughs> yep. But he's busy with all the uh, bands that are uh, not exactly as well known as uh, today's example. So I beat you to it. Yep. Uh. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'll probably play something from that uh, next week on Punkanoi Worldwide, but I haven't got around to anything from it yet because, as you said, plenty of other things that I got uh, on the plate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People keep constantly, constantly, constantly sending us music like, hey, hey, hey. listen, hey, yeah. listen. <laughs> and I love it and appreciate it so much, so I'm constantly working on getting to all, you know, all of it and as quickly as I can. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, but it's, it's an exciting times that we're living in. I'm stoked on I'm stoked on the Chisel. I'm stoked on their new album. It's it's fucking vicious. So so yeah. Now I'm gonna have to calm down just a little bit. <laughs> uh, Dustin, do you have something calmer than the Chisel? I do have something calmer than the Chisel. I've got the Defiant. So have you listened to much of the Defiant yet, Eric? Can't say that I have. So you are, might be familiar like, with it if I mention what it is. Yeah, you. Uh, I know that you played them uh, at least <clears throat> once. At least once on the show before. So I remember there are there's two. So there's, there's the, a super group. Yes, this is a super group. I have played the Defiant, and I played the Defiant recently, but a different Defiant, like the, the hard rock band, the Defiant that Curtain Call Records shares with us. There's a different one, and I've played them a couple times over the past couple years when they get new stuff. So huh. this particular band, the Defiant, the super group, the Defiant, features Dickie Barrett, formerly of Mighty Mighty Boston's, Johnny Rio, formerly of the Bruisers and... Uh, Street Dogs, and currently True Intentions, and all the bands that Johnny Rio plays in. Mm -hmm. Joey Briggs of The Briggs. Greg Camp of Smash Mouth. Pete Parda of The Offspring. That's who the band The Defiant features. All of those guys. Yeah. So pretty fucking... Uh, super group. <laughs> yeah. A pretty distinct lineup. Right. Well, a lineup of people who come from bands with very distinct sounds... Don't often sound alike. Right. And that's the There's awesome part. Such a variety here, and you get the Defiant, which I think is really cool. Um, they released an album called If We're Really Being Honest, and that came out October 27th of 2023. Dickie Barrett's done some interviews. I'm not going to go into too much of the specifics about it. If you care, go check them out. The Mighty Mighty Bostones are no longer a band for reasons like what they're doing here. What I will say is that Dickie Barrett is a fan of people such as uh, Kennedy, right, for president and so forth, uh -huh. right? So going down that road and uh, kind of some things that happened uh, in the past few years that kind of diversified people, I think that you – uh, Harrington Saints probably had a similar fallout with their band uh, as to Mighty Mighty Boston's. I don't know specifics on either of the bands, but just based off of what I've heard, that's my guess. And so people, for whatever reason, struggle to get along at some point, you know? Mm. And these guys come together, and that's why I'm bringing that up, is because if we're really being honest, that's, I think, really a, a statement that the band is trying to make with their music, and they came right out with it with the name of the album. I've played stuff. Again, 
the last few episodes and still a few more to come. I'm playing stuff that I really enjoyed throughout 2023, albums that I really enjoyed that I didn't get around to playing too much of. This did come out towards the end of the year, October 27th, but they do have a lot of really cool stuff on it. We're going to play some tracks here. I like the tracks. Listen to the tracks. They are, uh, besides, as Eric pointed out, like the diverse sounds of those bands that they all came from, So you'll kind of get maybe something there by listening. But the lyrics in these songs, they they are definitely for a purpose. Not that any others aren't, but they go along with the if we're really being honest. So first one, great track. It's called We Make Drugs. Here it is. It's The Defiant.
that's the first one. We make drugs and we make bank. I mean, uh, who could they be talking about there? <laughs> Mid, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good stuff. The Defiant. Uh, I really enjoyed this album. They've got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool sounds in it. Uh, I mean, that kind of sounds like that could have been a Mighty Mighty Boston song, obviously without the horns, but... Yeah, uh, a little bit. They, they do have some other ones. We're going to play some other stuff here before the show ends. We're going to play one right now uh, to wrap this up before Eric gets into a song to wrap up the episode. And then I'm going to get back to talking about The Defiant to wrap up the show. Uh, one Reason or Another is the track that we're going to play. Great stuff. If you haven't checked it out, I really recommend you do so. If we're really being honest is the album. Again, this track, One Reason or Another.
one reason or another, that is the Defiant, two tracks there off of, if we're really being honest, uh, if you dig it, you should check it out. I liked it. It uh, was definitely one that I was talking about on my best of list. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. And yeah, I could definitely hear a lot of the uh, <clears throat> of the boss tones and even offspring influence. In right? There. I was thinking the same thing, especially on that second song there. Mm -hmm. uh, you can definitely hear those, and I think that they are making them kind of fun to listen to when you're hearing it, but then they're also including something uh, to think about in what they're saying as well. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Well, good stuff. Let's wrap up the show. Eric, what do you got to wrap the show up with? Uh, a band that I've been wanting to talk about for a minute. The band is Death From Above, also known as Death From Above 1979. We'll get into that name change in a minute. They're okay. from uh, Toronto, up in our neighbors to the north, and they formed in 2001. Uh, they are a two-piece band that was founded by uh, bassist Jesse F. Keeler and the drummer-slash-vocalist Sebastian Granger. And they often composed tall tales on how they met and how they formed, saying shit like uh, they met in prison, or they met in a gay bar, or... Even as outlandish to say, they met on a pirate ship. <laughs> they really love fucking with the public eye. And when how they actually met was at a Sonic Youth concert. But even that's been disputed by Granger himself, stating that he met Keeler while scouting for bassists for his then punk band Femme Fatale. Okay. So, so yeah, it's a bit murky the history <laughs> of their uh, uh, foundation. But whatever, does it does it matter? If the music is good, well, right. the music is on here, so I must think it's good. So <laughs> how they actually formed was, yeah, how they actually formed was when Keeler's old band, Black Cat Number 13, went to play a show in Detroit, but it got canceled as a result of 9-11. So everything was on lockdown. And he was storing his bass equipment in his house, and since the, everything was on lockdown and needed something to do, he invited over uh, Granger so that they could jam, and it just all came together before long they released their first ep heads up and then in 2004 their debut lp you're a woman i'm a machine <laughs> and they released it originally under the moniker death from above but they were given a cease and desist letter from a band of that same name so they added the minimum amount of numerals necessary to hold the rest of the name so they could still call themselves death from above but now they just have 1979 at the end of it. Okay. Why 1979? I don't know. Maybe the same reason why they chose 182 for Blink 182. <clears throat> so, whatever. Could just be like a random assortment of numbers, but 1979 just sounds sounds pretty official. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So this album, I am woman. Uh, you're you're a woman. I'm a machine. It was released under the under Death from Above minus the 1979. <laughs> And the music is, it's a product of 2000s rock music, alternative rock implemented with garage rock coarseness, much the same as their contemporaries like Queens of the Stone Age, the Black Keys, the White Stripes, and the later Neurosis. So there's a lot of fuzzy riffs and pure aggression behind the beats, but what they added were a lot of keyboard passages and overlays, making it rock music that can easily be danceable as disco music. Okay. Yeah, they were even compared to, they. one critic even called them, like, just heavy disco. Heavy disco, nice. It's like, yeah, 
Yeah, I can see it. And the album is riddled with like pop culture references, particularly in the song titles. Sexy results is a it's a quote taken from uh, one Simpsons episode. And then the song Black History Month is called as such because it was written in February. It has nothing to do with race relations. <laughs> <laughs> Even the album title itself is a reference to a quote from the rebooted series of Battlestar Galactica. And it's, it's basically a lot of great songs with weird titles. Nice. So, and I'm all for it. And the one that sticks out to me the most is the song Little Girl. Little Girl. And no, it's not the same Little Girl that uh, Danny Alfman sings in Oingo Boingo, nor is it the same one that, uh, uh, God, what's her name, Carol Burnett sings in the musical Annie. Okay. <laughs> now this one, well, let's talk about the music first. The guitar riff is super catchy, and the vocals can be smooth, but then they switch to, being, uh, to holding out on that last note with a vibrato on its tail, which the guitar matches in the sort of column repeat format. It's really weird, but I love it. Anyway, the lyrics, the song is literally about uh, Keeler becoming an uncle to his brother's daughter. Okay. That's it. You <laughs> can't deny that they aren't relatable. It's just him <laughs> saying, you know, we started the show with uh, idols writing songs about the love of their friends and their family and shit. Well, now we're sort of ending it with the same notion. So, yeah, here is Little Girl. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, Jesse Ke Keeler talking about the love for his niece. <laughs>
soaked that I have not forgotten about these guys. <laughs> also, I got to correct myself. I said earlier that the uh, the riff that's carrying the song is a guitar riff, when in fact it's not a guitar, it's bass. They don't have a guitarist in this band. It's literally just uh, bass, drums, keys, and vocals. Nice. Yeah, which is actually kind of funny because there is another two-piece band that is literally just drums, vocals, and bass, sometimes guitar. And they also had to change their name because of a cease and desist from a band carrying that same moniker. We know them and still refer to them as slaves. Yes. Yeah, not fucking soft noise. Such a lame name. Yeah. I'm still holding a fucking grudge against that. Fuck the, fuck the other slaves. We love these ones. Okay, that... <laughs> I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> uh, but, so... Um, Death from Above. That song is uh, fucking awesome. A lot of their songs uh, sound uh, similar to that. Some of them are a lot more dancey, and some of them are more riff-driven. And the song uh, uh, Pull Out is just fucking rabid. It's not even two minutes long, and it just feels like a straight, like a barn burner. It's so fucking good. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of great songs on uh, this record. It's uh, pretty short. It's only got ten. So check out the rest of it. They wrote, yeah, they wrote high on this record, actually, but they split up in 2006, citing creative differences between the two people. You know, even just two people can't <laughs> fucking see eye to eye with artistic uh, endeavors. But, <clears throat> but they reunited five years later and have, uh, have since released three more albums. They're still going to this day. No signs of slowing down. I just wish that they would tour. <laughs> yeah, but they have been pretty busy with uh, uh, writing new material. So Death From Above, now known as Death From Above 1979. You guys still kick ass. Your music still holds up. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, 
The track I have is also the Defiant. It's an acoustic-ish version, or not version, but just track that they end their album with. Uh, it's called It Is Over, fitting to end it with, and I think it's fitting to end this with. So <laughs> out of the ordinary, we're going to do the stuff we would normally end. If Eric's got any final thoughts, we'll go over those as well. And we're just going to end it on that note, I would say, because it's fitting. It's over. And this episode will be over. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in and joining in for episode 353. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Podchaser, Verbal, and SLCPunkCast.com. The bands are found on Instagram at IdolsBand, at Convict underscore Class, at Grozny Rocks, at MLIW Official, at Pose Zero, at The Chisel UK. At the Defiant Official at DFA1979 and the shows at SLC Punkcast. Eric, if you're ready, where, where can we find you? Well, I am ready, and you can find me on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. Find my bands Anonymous and Apathetics on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, it's at anonymous underscore band official and the apathetics.slc. Facebook, it's at Anonymous SLC and at The Apathetics. Listen to our shit on Bandcamp at Anonymous SLC and TheApathetics.Bandcamp.com. By the way, Apathetics are in the process of making shirts, finally. <laughs> Fucking took us three years. Uh, so, yeah, come uh, yeah, come snag one when we announce it. We also have another show coming up, but not till the end of March. That's a different time. Anyway, my other podcast, Lead Melodies, you can find that shit on Instagram at Lead Melodies underscore podcast and on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. And you can stream the episodes that are out on anchor.fm and also on Spotify. I'm pretty damn sure. I should, I should really look into that. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with it for almost two years. Anyway. <clears throat> Uh, also, check out the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore. Plenty of shows coming up, like I mentioned uh, about an hour ago. And, yeah, if you need a refresher, follow that page. Excellent. The bands are found on Facebook at Idols Band, at Convict.Class, at Grozny, and that's G-R-A-H-Z-N-Y, at Modern Life is War Official, at Pose Zero, and again, that's P-O-E-S-I-E-Z-E-R-O. At the Chisel, at the Defiant Official, at Death From Above 1979, the show's at SLC Podcast. Eric, anything you want to add before we play It Is Over? Before we play It Is Over, uh, I don't know, funny little update on my life. I was scheduled to go out on a date last night, but I got fucking stood up. Oh, man. So, yeah. It doesn't get any easier, fellas. <laughs> Some people just uh, will not even tell you that they're not interested. They can't even grant you that shit. Well, fine. I just have one thing to say to you. Goodbye. So long. Hasta la vista. Go fuck yourself. Play the outro music. <laughs>
fucking outro.